is just me here this week as Beth and a bunch of you ladies uh, were off and gone on the women's retreat. I know that we are praying that that was just a, a good time for you all to get away. Uh, many of you uh, being moms uh, are hard pressed to to find a time to uh, you know, relax and hang out and just be with the Lord. So we're praying for that. I know we had uh, four different ladies teaching out there. We had amazing worship team uh, leading you ladies in worship out there and whatnot. So before we get into the intersect, before we talk about the different things we need to discuss business-wise for small group, I just want to encourage you that uh, if you had ladies that were gone on the retreat, that you take a second um, and have them share just what, what what's one thing that God did be it by the pool or maybe on that service uh, uh, time or during the teaching time where you just were encouraged or you're built up on. So make sure you ask the ladies to do that. It's it's always important to, you know, kind of take some time to help remember these kind of good moments and God moments that he does to us throughout the year. So do that. Before we jump into the intersect, which is pretty straightforward uh, for us this week, I think it'll be an easy discussion. Um couple of housekeeping things that we need to do. First of all, um, we just, I need to once again remind us because time, man, is it just flying away right now, just completely uh, moving by us. Uh, we only have three weeks left, including this week, people. This week is our third to last week, which means that uh, we do need to do some things. I, I've been talking about this, I don't know, for the past month. But I need, I, um, I'm going to be reaching out to you guys. I need you guys to reach out to me. Just who in your group has just maybe stood out this year? Who in your group has, has maybe shown that they are great in the split time? Maybe you have one of your ladies who's just, man, such a shepherd, such a leader, that caring person that you think maybe maybe they need to step up and help lead a small group. Or maybe in, in the group time you have just one guy that's in there that's just, Maybe asking good follow-up questions. Maybe it's even better follow-up questions than you ask. Man, I need to know those names. I need to know those people so I can begin having conversations with them. And then, because we're only three weeks left, we need to prepare to kind of close down and put a period on our on our small group season. And that, that takes a little bit of planning. So I want to encourage you, by this week, really, you know, <clears throat> you need to be telling your group what you're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. So if it's going to be a dinner, if it's going to be something a little bit different, um, you didn't need to know that. Um, if nothing else, maybe you're like, man, we just had a dinner. We just had a, a, a gathering. You, you need to share. You need to spend some time. So that last week, a small group should not be discussing an intersect, but should be rather discussing the highlights of this year and really just taking some time to remember what God has done. I, we see it throughout the Old Testament. That every time God shows up, God, you know, moves with the people. He says, build a memorial here. So they go and they gather stones or they take some time just to, 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 to actually respond to what God has done. We need to do that. So that last week of small group should be a week of worship or should be a week of responding to what he's done, a week of celebration through breaking of bread and, and hanging out together. But that needs to be planned. So uh, <laughs> I guess this is your warning. <laughs> Plan now, plan now, plan now to make sure that that happens and that we end well. And also, as you're planning how to end the group, maybe plan a way to just make sure your group stays connected, whether that's through a text you know, chain, a group text, uh, whether that's through intentionally pairing people up 
that already have natural relationships and friendships to be able to make sure they check in with each other, whether that's planning a, a few key barbecues or pool parties or whatever it is over the summer, uh, making sure that people are just staying connected, man, because we get in the summer and the busyness of life, I know it takes over, but part of us being shepherds is we want to see people continue to grow and thrive in Christ, and so help us do that. And then, you know, thinking think through, like, you know, who in your group maybe is not a leader, but man, you really, really want to see come back and just encourage them to sign up again next year to jump back in your group next year. So only three weeks left, people. That means that we got a lot to do, a lot to cover, a lot to make sure we're prepared for. So besides that, we only have a couple announcements. Uh, we just really want you to make sure that you're uh, kind of plugging uh, the fact that we have summer camps that are coming up both for fourth and fifth grade, which is which right now that means your current third and fourth graders, they're going to be going up into fourth and fifth grade. But also, we have all of our youth camps, which is sixth, you know, through 12th grade. So that's your right now, your current fifth graders through 11th graders. They have camps coming up. So we want to be talking about that, make sure those parents get their kids signed up. The camps are really kind of the linchpin of the entire year in youth ministry. So we'd love to see them go. And then lastly, we have a men's breakfast coming up on Saturday, the 26th. And so we want to see all our all our guys come out for that and enjoy a, a great breakfast and a good time with that. So that's all I have, and I think I covered it all. Best not here, so we'll never know. I mean, you know, when best not here, it's like who knows what really what we get covered. <laughs> so jumping into the intersect, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, and I really do think that this is just a um, a pretty straightforward week. Uh, the the questions are pretty uh, pretty straightforward, well written. Uh, I don't think your group's going to have too much hard, too hard of a time kind of getting through it. And one thing that I do want to maybe suggest is before you t- begin talking about this particular weekend's message, maybe you could spend some time discussing, reviewing, going over John 17 as a whole. Again, what we in the last five weeks we covered this prayer, so I know some of you are like, "Oh man, let's just be done with this chapter." Uh, we can have a conversation about that. But over the last five weeks, we've kind of broken apart a prayer of Jesus. But Jesus prayed this, just stopped. He paused in the middle of his walk, looked up in the heavens, and began to speak. And this was just a, a five-minute prayer that we've taken five weeks to get through. And so I'd go back and read back through it. It should only take about five minutes to read through it. And then, hey, what are your key highlights? What are the key things? What's the maybe the one thing that you didn't know about this chapter before we jumped into it? What's the one thing that maybe you're walking away from? And why would you come back to this passage? Because maybe it's what's one thing that would cause you to come back and maybe ponder, reflect upon this passage. So I say, start out that way, cover the whole chapter, kind of making sure we're, we're, we're bringing this chapter to a close, that we're, that we're finishing well, and then jump into the intersect. You know, what are the questions? What are the disagreements you have from this weekend's message? What are the things that, man, you're like, yes and amen to? He had lots of fill in the blanks. And so there's tons of stuff that, that's there that's probably stuck out to our people. And then jumping into that, that first question, uh, when you think about holiness, what other words, people, ideas, and pictures come to mind? I thought about another question you can use here too, and that's um, what are your past experiences, maybe past teachings or relationships that have helped shape and mold your view of holiness? So what I'm looking for here is like, okay, maybe there's a particular person, a teacher, a youth pastor, uh, a mentor, a small group leader that just maybe stuck out to our people that's been, that, that, that's the person that's set apart. 
That's a person that's just different. That's a person who you can just feel and, and, and sense that they, they've, they've been with Jesus today, you know? How has that shaped or molded your view, okay? Maybe there was a particular teaching or a summer camp or a, I don't know, a retreat, a men's retreat, a whatever that, that you've had in your past has helped kind of maybe make you feel like, like the, the fact that you were set apart, that you were fearing the Lord well, that you were following the Lord well. What are those experiences that you've had that have helped shape your view of holiness and maybe helped you pursue holiness? After you get through those two questions, jump down into the, into the passages. Now, in the passages, we're just trying to look about what do these passages tell us? How do they, again, shape our view of holiness? Uh, the Isaiah passage could be a little bit tricky. And if you're going to go to the Isaiah passage, I, I say that you need to set up some background of Isaiah being the prophet and speaking for God, speaking for God in a time of rebellion, in a time where people were not set apart, where people were, were really kind of you know, pushing against what God wants for them and seeking their own life in their own way, and then read into that. And I would say expand that passage out. You might need to read a little bit more to get the full context of the fact that what, what Isaiah is calling, uh, calling the people to do is to go back to the teachings of God, to go back to the scripture, to preserve those things in their hearts, and to fear the Lord. He, he says that they, 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 they were fearing the wrong things and said that because they were, they were, they were choosing the wrong path. And so I say expand that out a little bit. The Colossians verse is, man, it just says it very plainly. Paul's given us a list of what holiness looks like, kindness, gentleness, uh, humility, patience, mercy, making allowances for each other's faults, you know, these types of things. And above all, love, you know, the, the holiness is about being set apart, about loving others above yourself. I mean, it's just the selflessness Paul's just kind of drilling here. And so a couple things. The questions I think you could ask here is, uh, how do you represent, how do you uh, represent, or how do you, what do you look like to other people around you right now? I guess that's a better way to ask it. So if we're called to be holy, if you pulled 10 people in your life, what would they say that you are? Would they say that you're holy? Would they say that you're set apart? Would they say that you are becoming more like Christ? Or would you say that they... Would they say something different? And I always like to try to get a view outside of that. And what, what would your people around you say? What would your kids say about you um, right now? What does, it, what does it look like to have uh, his message fill your heart? One of the things that Paul says in here is that, the, that his message fills your heart. What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we get his message to fill our heart? Is it just simply memorizing Bible verses? Is it putting post-its on our steering wheels? Is it, I, I don't know, ask our people. What does this look like to have the message fill your hearts? And that Thessalonians verse, um, what is the difference between being holy and being self-righteous? And, and, and Steve kind of hit on this all throughout this holiness and happiness kind of deal and this, this Pharisees, this, this kind of Bible thumper that can kind of come in that where we can become so legalistic and so about dotting, dotting the I's and crossing the T's about our faith that we become these self-righteous, self-involved, self-promoting people Versus, no, let's just the pursuit of holiness, the fearing of the Lord, the, the following of the faith. And how do we do that? And so what is the difference? What is, what is, how do you know that we're being holy and we're not being self-righteous? How do we know that we're being righteous, I guess, and not, or not self-righteous? So after you read that passage, that might be a good follow-up question. And then Steve threw it in there again that this kind of, what else does the Bible say? <laughs> and guess what? It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of the Bible says a ton about being holy. 
And then lastly, jumping in that decide and do. Um, <clears throat> I'd just say it's pretty easy to kind of walk through that and just uh, kind of get them through those and then pray. My hope is, and here's the thing, I, I know I even struggle with my group. Can we can we set some time aside to actually pray this week, to actually see God, to to get in a circle of guys and gals and, and say, okay, you know, we're talking about holiness. How can we pray for that? How can we pray that God help us be set apart? How can we ask God to, that our kids would be holy, our, our parents would be holy, that our, our, our neighbors or our cousin, whatever it is, you know, that God would set them apart too. So I uh, appreciate you guys so much. We are coming to the end and we could not, could not do this without you. And because of what you do each and every week makes this possible. So thank you so much. Uh, know that we love you guys, care for you, and we look forward to